This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go into all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. And uh, we thank God that uh, he did send his son Jesus to do that. That leads us a little bit into our message for today. And so uh, for those that are listening on podcast or on YouTube, uh, I'd encourage you, we won't be uh, recording the video. Uh, to show on YouTube, but I'd encourage you to go to the description and watch the NUMA DVD that we'll be showing today. I wonder what comes to mind when you think of evangelism and telling others about Jesus. So when you think about evangelism and telling others about Jesus, what comes to mind? In May of 2019, I was at a Urban Development Institute of Australia workshop that was looking at uh, development and affordable housing. And as we were chatting around the table and talking about different projects that uh, some of the different people um, that were there were working on, I had one person talk to me about the evangelizing of a project that he was working on. And that was the language that he used. He was talking about evangelizing the project. More recently, I was listening to one of the investors on, of Canva. Now Canva is a online, a, a, an internet-based um, graphic design program. And he was talking about his role in evangelizing the business that he was investing in. And that had me wonder, what comes to mind when we think of the word evangelism or an evangelist? Over the next few weeks, we're going to take some time to, to chat about faith conversations and what it means to talk with others about your spirituality. In the last church I pastored, there was a primary school aged girl who loved Jesus so much and she cared about her friends at school. So it was for her a no-brainer that she would talk to her friends about Jesus. But when it comes to evangelism, I wonder what comes to mind for you. <clears throat> perhaps, this, <clears throat> perhaps this video by Rob Bell captures it. And as we watch this together, I encourage you to think about what you like and don't like about this video. So we'll show that video now. Thanks. Thanks, Samantha, for um, organising that. I, I don't know about you, but when, like, I've grown up all my life in church, um, I was reflecting on with someone recently that uh, the, the sort of household that I grew up in was whenever the church doors were open, um, we were kind of expected to be there. And uh, I was talking to, uh, to Roy Weir about falling asleep on church floors as he was a, a, a PK, a pastor's kid. And um, 
and and for me a, a lot of that experience was the same and it was interesting um, one of the the biggest things that we used to see as far as a tool for evangelism is a thing called chick tracks i'm not sure whether you've seen those before but we've got an image um, on the screen showing what some of the cartoon sort of uh, uh, tracks uh, how they were depicted and the sort of language that they were used. And they were always this over the top sort of uh, depictions of, of um, Satan and hell and burning in hell and, and that sort of stuff. And, and I was reflecting on this video and having conversations with people about Jesus. And, and even in this last week, I was at Woolworths at Preston and as I was going through one of the aisles, I saw um, on this aisle, a, uh, uh, on a shelf in this aisle, a chick track. Um, and, and there it was, and I was just thinking, wow, they're still around and they're still being used today. What's your experience of evangelism? Um, you know, I was talking to this one guy a while ago and he was talking about going overseas and uh, in, a, in a closed country where you couldn't evangelize, like you couldn't share the gospel, you couldn't talk to others about Jesus. And so his form of, of sharing the gospel was to hop on a bus and to tear off little pieces of scripture, little pieces of the Bible and fold them up or scrunch them up and flick them, flick them flick them again and again out the windows of the bus, hoping that someone would pick them up. He used the term crumbing, um, throwing out these breadcrumbs of the Bible to people. Others might just class it as littering. Uh, but, you know, you just think, wow, different stances. A small town in Queensland where I was pastoring, there was an independent Baptist church and they would regularly have street corner preachers and people would cross the road to avoid hearing them and engaging with them. And one year the, there was a Catholic festival for the local Catholic church and they would um, celebrate and honor these three saints that they held dearly and looked up to. And one year when this Catholic church was having this festival, this independent uh, Baptist church brought in a flatbed truck from one of the farms and they positioned the truck across the road and they had a megaphone or a bullhorn and they yelled out to the Catholic congregation as they celebrated the Three Saints Festival that they were all going to hell for their idol worship. Perhaps you've seen people passionate in their commitment to tell others about heaven and hell. Now, I'm not saying it never works, but I've met people, because uh, I've met people that have come to faith in Jesus through street corner evangelism. But they tend to be the exception, not the norm. So I'll invite you, um, we might see if we can unmute the microphones um, and we'll have a little bit of a, a dialogue about this, but what's your experience of evangelism? And uh, when you think about the video, what did you like? What didn't you like about that? 
and then I've got another question after that. So if we can, if uh, you see the prompt come up on your screen to unmute your microphone, if you can just uh, click on unmute, or if you want to just go down, I think it's often in the, the bottom corner where you can unmute microphones. Uh, so if you want to do that, that'd be great. But let's have a little bit of a, a conversation about this. And when you think about um, evangelism, what comes to mind? And when you uh, think about the video, what did you like? What didn't you like about that? So happy to see a hand or if someone wants to start sharing, that'd be fine. I'll start. Anna, go for it. <laughs> I was a Catholic most of my life and then I got born again. And then when I got born again, of course, you have to tell the story, don't you? <laughs> you don't so much when you're a Catholic. And, and I had this girlfriend that we used to have great philosophical discussions with before I became born again. And then when I became born again, I'd give her all these new answers and she'd say, oh, I don't like this anymore. I don't know if I like you anymore. And I said, why? She said, well, you've, you've just, you, I can't discuss things with you anymore. I said, yeah, you can. Yeah, I can talk till the cows come home. I don't care. Go on. And she said, no, but you always just keep coming back to the same thing. And I said, well, when you know the truth, it's all you have to come back to. What's the use of going round and round the mulberry bush for nothing? Well, that's what I mean, she said. I said, well, you can keep arguing with me if you want to. But she said, no, it's no use anymore. Yep. She's, she's still my friend. She's still my friend today, which is very good. She rang yep. me the other day and she just said, I just wanted to run something past you. She's buying a car. She said, I've got no peace over the whole thing. And so I thought I'd talk to you. I said, beautiful, let's go. Yep. So it's sort of, she still hangs on, but yep. there's not much philosophical discussion. Yep. <laughs> Okay. So for others, um, your experience of evangelism, when you think about that, uh, what comes to mind? And was there anything that stood out for you in the video that we showed? Yeah, well, I, I think that uh, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. I think that you don't have to tell people, I'm a Christian. You... Look out for them, help them if they're in need. You uh, treat them with love. You reach out to them if you can. Uh, and they perhaps see that you're, you're friendly, you're kind, you're thoughtful about them, mm -hmm. and you try to do the right thing to help them in their life. Yep. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Other thoughts on that? Ron, I uh, see that hand. Yeah, I, uh, I recall many years back seeing a film called The Gospel Blimp, and which yep. annoyed everybody by fine dropping that notes. But one fellow in the church, the other said to him, but well, why aren't you involved with this? He said, because... I'm too busy speaking to my friend, my next door neighbour, about the uh, love of God. And that, uh, he maintained, was the way to bring people to Christ. Yep. 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 Lorraine? 
Um, as a teenager, I mean, I grew up in the church. As a teenager, um, I used to get really annoyed with um, ministers who would repeat the last verse of a hymn over and over and over again, giving an appeal for people to <laughs> and and that yes, we've all experienced it. So yeah. one day I was talking to my mum. We were making a bed together, and we talked about Christianity. And I would never go forward for a minister doing that, but she just talked to me about you know her faith and what have you. And and I was like, I knew straight away that the next church I was going to go forward. Mm-hmm. And have to be playing the same verse of the hymn over and over again. Yep. To have that effect. Sometimes just a word is yep. all you know. Yep. For sure. Others experience? Yeah, Terry? Well, I like the video. A couple of reasons. One, it was great to see an intelligent American Christian. Uh, <laughs> totally different than the Jimmy Swaggets and the others. Uh, other people yeah. uh, so that was good and I mean I agreed with him I don't I my like a lot of other people like Lorraine did two parts of the evangelism that I cannot stand I'll be is the emotional tag the minister Jesus come as a, you are 30 times and we all want to go out to the coffee shops and <laughs> talk to the girls rather than doing that there's that and there's also again the bullhorn guy I mean I yeah. see him and it's embarrassing so I've never been keen on what I've always saw, in particular the Churches of Christ view of evangelism, and rather I've let people, if they want to know, as a CEO, I'd never say, I always say I'd go to church on Sundays or whatever else, the conversations, but I allow them to ask me why I believe, but I'd never force it down their throat. Mm. Yep. Can I just say one thing about the bullhorn guy? I like yep. the video too. But I, I started feeling sorry for the bullhorn guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was walking out there. He looked like he was either scared to death or I don't know what he was. But then he put his little box down and took it out and started screaming at people. He was so lonely and so yeah. ostracised. And I, it, it makes me wonder with people who have all the answers, yeah. you know, don't buy it. I don't buy it. Because yeah. we're human beings. God is God and we're humans. So it's much more important for us, isn't it, I think, to share, um, you know, that God shares our suffering, God shares our, our mistakenness and our sins uh, and forgives us than having all the answers and being, you know, pretending you're God. Uh, <laughs> I felt sorry for that little guy going across the, the light series. Yeah, <laughs> carrying his box and, yep. Now, Lynn, you've had an experience, and I remember you, you sharing with us about this a while ago, about um, at, at the start of Ash Wednesday and Lent and having uh, coming out in the city and there was a guy that um, had Ash and, and you, yeah. you went and you engaged with him and you had Ash. So tell me about that experience and why you, you engaged in that and how you saw others engage with him at that time. Mm. Oh, it's amazing that you remember that. Yeah. yeah no. I listened. It was, it was really, <laughs> you listen, that's right. Um, it was really beautiful because it was such a simple non-verbal thing. It was just him standing there and I'd even half forgotten it was Ash Wednesday. Then I came up and I saw him putting these marks on people's heads and people were going up voluntarily to him and having that put on. 
And I just thought, how beautiful. They would have been, some of them would have been believers. Some of them would have not been, I reckon, or some might have had it in their past. But they all kind of took that and just walked away with this cross on their, their forehead. Yeah, it was a yeah. very moving, moving way of, of, of offering testimony, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, others, your uh, reflection on the video or your reflection on evangelism and what that means for you? Um, Michelle and David, uh, they've got a comment there. Let's see if I can bring that up. Uh, studying in India, the local Christians and evangelists would keep telling non-Christians about going to hell, about being devil worshippers if they didn't accept Jesus. They used to annoy lots of us, so we resisted accepting God. It was only when no one forced God on me that I found him and became a Christian. Yeah. It's an interesting, um, you know, take of when it's when you feel as though you're being badgered, how you tend to recoil away from that rather than moving towards it. Um, my question, and I'd be interested in hearing some more thoughts on it, is who influenced you in being a follower of Jesus, and was it their lifestyle, their conversation, or a combination of both? So, who influenced you in being a follower of Jesus? And was it um, their lifestyle or their conversation or a combination of both? I will just quickly say it was a lifestyle and a combination of both. Um, Kevin and Betty Mitchell of Boxhill Church of Christ and George Mullen, they were, Kevin and George were adult counsellors, as it was called, yeah. of our youth club. And uh, Betty was a uh, Sunday school teacher, a wonderful woman, and she got me to teach Sunday school at age 16. So, yeah, those beautiful two. Beautiful people. Beautiful yeah. people. Yeah, wow. That's great. Others? Oh, my father. Yeah, Ron? Was, my father was a great influence. Because living with him, I could see that he believed uh, in the Christ and living their Christian life, and that, that was probably the major influence as to why I became baptised when I was 13 to 14 years old. Yep. So the, the, like you, the, the lifestyle and the living that your dad did, but also you'd hear him preach and, and that sort of stuff, and, but it was also what happened behind the scenes as a, as a dad as well. Yes, but my father always claimed he was no pulpit giant. Yep. And I've heard much better speakers than, than he ever was. But I recall one instance, he went out to visit a parishioner one day on the farm and he said, And we're all hanging on for the rest of that conversation. <laughs> so he we went out to the farm. Uh, we might catch up with that a little bit later. Uh, others that uh, that's the best sermon I've ever heard. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, now for um, uh, for Stephen, he was given a Jeremiah track. Um, yep. Okay. So that was a significant thing for him. For others, uh, lifestyle, conversational combination of both. Who was it that? Uh, influenced you in becoming a follower of Jesus. Lorraine, and then um, John. Yes, 
Um, but I've met a lot of my neighbours since we've been locked up and there's a family down the road and one day Steve was talking to me, the guy down the road, not my son, and he said to me, one day would you share your faith with me? And I sort of thought, oh, okay, um, what have I said to him that he's picked up that I'm a Christian? And um, anyway, so I started thinking about it and, and I thought, well, I didn't have a Paul experience when, you know, God spoke to him. Um, it was just the way my parents lived and the way my parents demonstrated their faith to us that it was just a natural progression that this is how you do it. Yep. Yeah. And John? Uh, yes. Am I, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I couldn't see my little microphone, see whether it was on or not. Um, yes, I was brought up in a, a Christian family, of course, um, and I had the warmth, uh, not only for my uh, mother, uh, my father passed on when I was quite young, but my cousins and uh, uncles that surrounded me uh, at the time when uh, Dad passed on and my development over those years was just absolutely enormous. And as far as the song that dragged me in, the one that uh, really got me, I Am The Potter, uh, all right, which sort of moulded me into that. And I always constantly think of that hymn. And I don't remember it being repeated over and over again, all right? <laughs> yeah. That's a long while ago. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. One of the things, I don't know whether you caught up with uh, Ablett's uh, comment on the weekend. He got promotion plus, plus, plus. That is evangelism with uh, the media. Um, whether you accept everything he said, uh, well, that's your conviction or understanding of the gospel of Christ. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Um, all right. Uh, so on this next slide that we've got, um, I just want to encourage us to take some time to uh, reflect on a couple of things. One, think about your friends, a friend of yours who is not a follower of Jesus. Have you ever thought about what might work to help them to connect more with Jesus? And if not you, then who gives your friends an understanding of what it means to be a Christian? So what are the, the dominant voices of Christianity or being a follower of Jesus that might be speaking into your friend's life at this time? And who do you talk to about your relationship with God? Uh, we're encouraged in the Bible to recognize that a relationship with God is deeply personal, but it's never meant to be private. And so who do you talk to about your relationship with God? So there's going to be some music played. And I encourage you that over the time that that music's played, that uh, you take some time to think about uh, friends of yours who are not followers of Jesus. And have you thought about what might help them to connect with Jesus? And if not you, then who speaks into your friends' lives um, in an understanding of what it means for, uh, to be a Christian? And who do you talk to about your relationship with God? So the music will be played and then we'll connect after that.